Thank you for tuning into today's episode of Our Heart for Teaching. Today, I'm excited to bring my first international interview with two special guests, Luke Drain and L. Ritter. You don't want to miss out on this episode. Before we get started, let me share a little bit about today's guests. Luke Drain is an Australian primary school teacher, K-6. through He has worked in many contexts from small schools, 50 students grades K-6, through to large schools, exceeding 1,700 students grades K-6, through and in schools with a wide variety of socioeconomic statuses. Luke has made a name for himself by pushing the constraints of the classroom and making new learning experiences for his students. He embraces a future-focused classroom and embeds authentic technology into his lessons. Luke is an ambassador for two edutech companies. He believes for us to be successful educators, we cannot stay stagnant in our learning and practice. He researches on modern pedagogies and adapts them to suit the individual needs of his students. Luke works with colleagues to enhance their understanding of what a modern classroom looks like and how we can manipulate it for the betterment of our students. Elle is a passionate kindergarten teacher and strives to set her students up for a successful start to their schooling lives. She has learned that connecting with her students and knowing who they are and the lives they live is the foundation of her teaching and their learning. Elle believes the relationships she has built with trusted colleagues are the driving force to improving her professional development, passion, and pedagogy. Once again, thank you for joining us, and without further ado, let's get started with the latest episode of All Our Heart for Teaching. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of Our Heart for Teaching. This week, I am so excited to be joined by Luke Drain and Elle Ritter, and they are joining us all the way from New South Wales, Australia, which hopefully I said all of that right. <laughs> yeah. Well, Hi. welcome Hi. Luke Hi. and Elle. I'm so excited to have y'all, and y'all are my first international guests, which is super awesome. So, yay. Thank you for being on the wow, show. Wow, we're so excited to speak to you today. Yeah, global. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'm excited, so going down in history. Yay. Okay, <laughs> so why don't y'all introduce yourselves, tell us a little bit about who you are, kind of what you do in education. Well, I just got a, a finger pointed at me um, over here, so I guess <laughs> I'll be going. Um, yeah, so as you said, I'm Luke Drone. I've been teaching for six years um, in a variety of different contexts from um, small schools, uh, which had about 50 students to uh, my largest school is um, a bit over 1,700. Uh, and that's from kindergarten to year six. A little bit different teaching in Australia with our setup, as we spoke about before. Um, so both of us are, are qualified from kindergarten to year six. Uh, really, if you were to talk to teachers that have worked with me, um, they would then probably talk about the fact that I love to teach with educational technology and, and bring technology into the classroom. And that's really where um, I managed to, I think my career's taken off and, and looked after is is working with kids and using that technology to further further them yeah I think that's exciting and definitely needed for this day and age and their generations coming up because they're not like what we were when we were growing up and technology was almost non-existent at least in my case um <laughs> hi I still feel old I remember when the internet came out like <laughs> <laughs> the schools are so different like I remember when I was going through primary school when you when you had to use a computer the whole class got shuffled into this dingy little room with computers around the edges and it took forever to do anything whereas nowadays in, in classrooms like I'm currently in year two and, and I've got um, I, I've been blessed enough in in terms of I've got one-to-one -one technology and laptops with my students so when I want to do something with computers they just go and grab their own laptop from from the school and away it goes so technology is so integrated but at the same time there's such a disconnect with with there being so much to learn that you know things that we take for granted like starting up laptops and, and logging in is something that they need to still be explicitly taught whereas we kind of just as growing up now. and seeing yeah. it as it came along like you know we all started off with you have to have a password okay password need a password with capital letter capital p password all right. right. And, and so as we've built the skills, whereas the kids nowadays have to learn, you know, their passwords with capital letters, full stops, numbers, hyphens, mm -hmm. hashtags, all that. Mm 
mm. all at the same time rather whereas we've had the opportunity to build the skills and that's Probably something that a yeah. lot of people kind of forget and, and with kids mm. and just expect them to be completely native like they are to a point but there's still a, a lot more of a learning curve that we tend to forget because we take it for granted having been in the the generation that's that's grown up and lived with the technology and watched it blossom very true how about you miss l can you tell us a little bit about what you do uh, so I've been teaching for, this is my ninth year now, and um, I've actually been really fortunate. I've actually moved through different areas. And when I mean areas, I mean sort of based on um, the socioeconomic areas. So I've worked in very affluent schools where, you know, behaviour management was a very, um, uh, a very minimal part of your day. And you worked really hard with, you know, the curriculum and implementing it. And it was really easy in those areas. And I've moved into areas now that are low socioeconomic so um you know putting in a lot of strategies in place doing a lot of research and so i'm on a bit of a different journey at the moment where um it's kind of led me into a role where i'm implementing like the science of reading into my school at the moment um which is just a new science-based instruction and i'm really enjoying it but it's been a bit of a, a journey and a progress through my career which has been really lovely awesome well, I'd like to hear from both of you about what it was like, and I know both of you have different years of experience now. Um, thank you for being on that journey. It's always fun. And I'm in year 14, which I still can't believe because that's crazy to me because I student taught and was like, I'll never be at year 14. And now I'm here and it feels like yesterday. But um, what was it like at the beginning? What made you want to enter education? Like why? What drove you to become yeah. an educator? <laughs> honestly I, teaching was never really um a career path that i had growing up um in fact i didn't i started my bachelor's of information technology and business before i moved over to education and um i myself am i'm i've adhd and dyslexic so i've had all the learning problems and i don't know what made a dyslexic person think that coding would be a fantastic career sitting down and and watching letters dance across the page all day and trying to find errors in code when all the, the letters are, are moving. Um, but yeah, so I, I went through and everyone told me that IT was gonna be my jam. And I mean, it kind of is, but just in a different different way. So um, I kind of remember at, at uni, I was kind of struggling a little bit with my, my degree in IT. Um, I'm a person of faith, so I was sitting there and I'm just like, what the hell am I doing? And <laughs> all of a sudden it dawned on me that, you know, maybe I need to swap. So I kind of went through and I swapped over to um, a Bachelor of Arts, which I guess here in Australia, it's kind of a Bachelor of um, a little bit of everything. So you can, it's a, it's like a taster plate. You get a little bit of everything before mm -hmm. you make your mind up as to mm -hmm. what, what you really want to do. And so I, I threw an education unit in there and I still to this day can remember that aha this is for me moment and um we were doing a pdh lesson on the fundamental movement skills and we we're doing overarm throw and there's this a year six student and these are skills that here we expect students to have mastered by year two and so a year six student who hadn't got it i was working with those kids and we stepped through oh sorry i'm getting tingles with the story <laughs> we stepped through and did the overarm throw and it, she was like i can't do it i cannot do it and we persevered and just the pure elation that she had when she hit the stumps and the fact that she did it and like goosebumps literally um that was the moment that i knew that teaching was for me and and that's that's what i wanted to do and ever since then i haven't really looked back so i mean education i kind of stumbled into per se and like if you're even talking to my mum the other day she's like I never thought you'd be a teacher like there's no way I would have picked that but it's something I stumbled into and I think it's the the best stumble that I've ever made um the amount of just pure bliss you get from helping and and you know serving your students and looking after um and being able to see the the change and the difference that you can make I, I often say teaching is a bit of a selfish act because the the feeling that you get it's it's what drives you um to do more so i guess that's that's where i was i, I never was going to be a teacher wasn't in my plans and yeah i would never trade it for for anything mm, funny neither did i <laughs> I, 
I actually um, wanted to be a flight attendant when I left school <laughs> and I went into the travel industry and I managed um, um, quite a few different, well, I didn't manage the, um, I managed an area of travel agencies and I worked with them with a particular product and I loved my position. And um, then when I became a mum, I just really found watching my daughter grow and watching her reach her milestones really interesting. And um, and I've just found it really fascinating. And I don't know why I never thought to be a teacher because I come from a family of teachers. <laughs> um, I just never put on my radar. And I think looking back, I think I found learning really difficult. So I, I never, the light bulb just never went off in school for me. Everything just took a lot longer. And so I just, it, you know, staying in school wasn't um, something that I was interested in, sort of, you know, staying past what I had to. But I think in you know, um, looking at a full circle has probably been the best thing, mm. knowing that I had le learning difficulties that now I know how to actually teach my students better. Yeah. So it's really interesting. I love that part, um, especially when you can relate to the kids of like, look, I know this is challenging. Mm. And I teach reading now with struggling students and I teach dyslexia, which I love. I absolutely mm. love working with them. Great and it's... Yeah. I feel bad because it's like, well, I know I'm teaching you an area that like I love and I'm great at and I was always great at, but then I'm like, but I remember what it was like to struggle in math. So yes. like, whereas they're really great in math, you know, I'm like, yeah. well, the way that you're good in that, like, imagine me struggling as hard as you are in reading, like, I get it, just not in this subject. And like, it's, it's awesome when they come to you and like, our kids are straight up like, miss, you're not going to be able to teach me anything. Just like, yeah. I'm done. I'm stupid. Like, good luck. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And then when they get it, and they have that light bulb moment, kind of like you were saying, Luke, with that young student that young girl like that is the most powerful amazing moment and to be there with them and to see their success and to know that they've had the challenge and they pushed through you know and then even and you know for them to see like oh well you struggled too when you were my age like and now you're successful and you're doing something awesome yeah. with it like it's amazing I think it helps, I think it helps yeah. with the parent connection as well because yeah. like for me, I don't have any problem with parents or students knowing the fact that I have had, well, still mm. technically do have learning difficulties. Mm. Um, and the fact that like when you've got a, a parent who thinks that there's such a big stigma behind it, especially with ADHD, there, there seems to be this massive mm. stigma. Mm. When you turn around and say, you know what, well, well, I actually have that. I've been there. I see what your child's doing. All of a sudden, they tend to realize that, oh, they're not going to get classed as this naughty boy or this right. naughty child in your class. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that there is things that they can do that, to help. So I think that having that kind of stuff and, and it helps build that relationship and the rapport mm -hmm. by having it and, and being able to, and I guess there's some teachers that will probably hate me for saying this, but being vulnerable in, in front mm -hmm. of your students. Oh my gosh, yes. Letting them see that, like, you know, I, I mean, we all purposely put the things up on the board incorrectly to see if kids can pick it up as a bit of an assessment. <laughs> but turning around and going, you know what? Like at your age, I I couldn't do a complex mm -hmm. sentence. I struggle right. with that. I'm like let's yeah. let's build that together. Let's let's make you better than I was, and then when you're my age, you're going to be better than me. So right, it, exactly. Yeah, and it helps because then you can teach from all different angles for that one particular thing. You know, yeah. like, okay, you don't get it this way. So, I'll try it exactly. Oh my gosh, yes, that was my favorite yeah. part back when I well I started as a math teacher, and that mm. was my favorite part was like okay. I've got to get you from A to B and then mm -hmm. like realizing because they always teach you well this is the way you're going to teach it but if it doesn't work and that's the yeah. beauty of differentiated instruction and how we think yeah. too and like I love that I'm realizing this now the more I teach and like now being dyslexia and having studied the way like our brains work in very different ways and like, I don't have dyslexia, but my brain thinks in crazy ways. And like, I'm explaining to my husband, like, okay, look, my Christie brain right now is doing <laughs> this. And I, I know it doesn't make sense to you, but this is what it's doing and be able to communicate that. Like, it's beautiful. And like that vulnerability when the kids see like, cause I, I don't know about y'all's babies, but my babies, like they show up and they're like, so afraid to mess up. And I'm like, dude, I mess yeah. up all the time. Like, it's okay. You know, you walk into my room at the back and I've had this poster since. So um, at the school, I was in Sydney 
There's a very high socioeconomic area. Um, families and parents were extremely well educated and mm. came from very successful backgrounds, um, very, very affluent. And so the kids were always, always scared when they first walked into my room that they were going to say the wrong answer. So like you'd ask a question and it would be dead silence. Crickets, yeah. And you would turn <laughs> around and you'd do something it, it, like everything is, mm-hmm, 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 yes, yes, sir. <laughs> and um, so in every, I found a fantastic, I think it was from Ikea or something, just a poster. It says mistakes are proof you're trying. Mm-hmm. And so in right. every classroom, it is the most prominent mm-hmm. um, sign in my room. And even in the year two at the beginning of the year, like I've got kids that can't read at all. I've got kids that can read really, really well. We went through and we decoded and learned to read that sign that mistakes are proof you're trying. And whenever a kid messes up in my room, it's fantastic because they just turn around and I'm like, what happened? They're like a mistake. I'm like, okay, is that all right? And like, yeah, look, it's, I'm trying. And it's like every year you need to really work hard at building those relationships to be able to teach the kids that it's okay. It's mm, okay yeah. to not know. You're not meant to know. It's okay. But, that's but when, it's really difficult because the children, they, they want to prove that they do yeah, know it. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't. And so it's a whole challenge to, but getting to that, break down those barriers. Yeah. Every year. And when you yeah. get that wall down, that's when your authentic oh, learning yeah. starts exactly. happening. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Beautiful yeah. conversations that you just really want to sink your teeth into. Yeah. And that's when the, and you can the, get them from A to B. The, the engagement <laughs> yeah. happens. Yeah. That, that, that's the key thing, like getting them yeah. engaged to trust you and, and to be and in try. that, that yes. vulnerable yeah. state that if they screw up, yeah. they know that they're not going to get reprimanded or up. Like no exactly. one's going to feel out of it. It's all about that that culture. And I think that goes with the classroom culture as well. Yeah. Of getting the kids to accept each other's mistakes and turning around. And I heart was had the most beautiful thing the other day with one of my kids that was sitting on the ground and one of my girls who is in my very low cluster put her hand up for to give me an idea about a math problem that we had and it was completely incorrect like not even in the ballpark and you know I went, oh that's all right she'll it will be okay well you can have a think about it listen to everyone else and see what you get and one of my higher students um turned around and normally would not do anything just put his hand on her shoulder and was like it's okay you tried you made a mistake that's proof you're trying yes and like supported her through it because she was devastated because she hadn't put her hand up in a while as long to get something wrong she tries so hard and yeah it was that building of that culture and you could see her go from like full in on herself to like the shoulders came down a little bit she's still 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 upset but but she wasn't like completely closed off so she was back to actually listening to what was in there rather than being like I'm in this world where nothing's gonna happen yeah right yes exactly I love that vulnerability piece and then especially too when they see that you know nobody's that's my biggest lesson I share with my kids it's like we are all human you know none of us is perfect none of us knows everything you know despite the myth that you know kids think the adults are perfect (laughs) and I'm like no 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 (laughs) (laughs) but you know when they see that and they see that you know you're being human and like it's just the best and you know I have the the secondary kiddos and I like that even more because I call them I'm like you're mini adults like I'm teaching you your step right before you step into the you know real world and you know I I love that piece that vulnerability piece so continuing off that you guys like when y'all did decide okay I'm gonna jump into the classroom like what did you really want like what was your vision and your heart for like, if I do nothing else in the classroom, because we all know it's like, it goes beyond the curriculum of what we teach. You know, it's so much more than that. So what's your, your purpose, your vision, you're so much more than the curriculum that you really wanted to accomplish as you started your education journey with your students, if that makes sense. I guess, uh, I mean, survive. No. <laughs> <laughs> no more true answer has ever been spoken. <laughs> wow. Look, I, I realized, and I guess mine was to, to make some kind of a difference. Like I was always the kid that got in trouble for being off task or doing something or diving like I'll get interested and I mean, again, it's it's my biology way I made up. If I find something that's interesting and as like, as we were talking before, you see how often I just go onto a tangent. Um, so watching the kids, yeah. I know, right? <laughs> um, watch, watching the kids that do that, there's, there's that 
there's something beautiful in watching a, a child really engage. So my whole thing that I, I like to do, and it goes with, like, as I've spoken to you about before with the ga gamification and different things like that, is I, I just wanted kids to want to be in my room mm. and want to learn. I didn't want to be that teacher that sits there and go, okay, I'm going to force this down your throat and you're going to get this right because I've told you so. Mm. I wanted to make a classroom with rich and deep learning where students came in to learn because they want to learn, not because the state demands they learn and mm. that they actually grew a respect for their own education um, and, and looking after themselves, especially with some, some kids don't have that the intrinsic the, motivation that and they don't see their parents don't give them the want to learn like schools can do so much but there's so much more it's so much more powerful if you can get it from home as well so the kids that came and they're just like I'm here because mom and dad said so because I've got to they're the kids that I, I really like to work with because they're the kids that all of a sudden go oh I can get this great feeling inside when I've struggled and I've learned something. So mm. I guess the reason my, my main goal in teaching is not to sit there and flog off content and, and shove that down kids' throat is to get them to want to go and get that content, to go and grab that book, to, to find that little trail um, that they can really find motivation in and to use that and then look at what they're doing with that and then me just go okay well that hits this outcome this outcome and this outcome and really get them catered to for what they want and then once you get that happening the rest kind of just falls in 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 place in my experience so i i mean that's that's where i would be mm. what about you Oh, <laughs> uh, no, honestly, I was listening to a podcast um, on leadership um, a little while ago and it really got me thinking about how I ended up in my position where I'm at. And mm. the area that I've actually found my most passion is working with those children from like a trauma background. And I find that really interesting. And I find um, building that child's self-confidence and then being able to crack through and make it safe enough for them to be able to absorb that learning because a lot of that learning can be locked out through, um, you know, being trauma locked. And so, and I wondered, I was wondering why I found that really interesting. And funny enough, I actually come from a trauma background, which I kind of put in a little box and, you know, associate that with my past, but it's very much in my present. And I was always taught to, um, that I could be anything. My parents have always taught me I can be anything and do anything and achieve anything. And so working in areas that are um, low socioeconomic, a lot of these children, you know, aren't exposed to the value of education and, mm you know, the fact that they can be anything and do anything. So it's really, um, it's really great to be able to build that in my students and watch them achieve and watch them learn. Yeah. Mm. That's awesome and exciting. And I love that. And I have somebody I need to get you connected with on the trauma-based education. <laughs> this, oh, yes, my my mind totally went on that rabbit trail. Like, oh, okay, <laughs> cool. But um, no, that's exciting. And I love the make a difference piece too. And how you were talking about, um, <laughs> well, but I love what y'all were saying about like the, you know, really getting connected with the kids, watching them, meeting them where they are, you know, the trauma-based education, because that's a whole different set of experiences working with the kiddos. And then um, with you, Luke, and really focusing on like, can you find that spark where you like it? Because if we find where you're interested in education, like then everything else will fall into place. Like that's exciting and awesome. And like, two of my passions as well, like really working with the kids. And I love connecting with educators who do that as well. So um, how about in those challenging times? Like, cause you know, we have the pressures. Well, I know in America we do. And I assume that y'all have some pressures too, like where it's just like, go with the curriculum and um, teach that. And sometimes it's hard to get to like our underlying purpose. Like for me, like with mine, I'm like, I try to encourage my kids, dream big, do what you want. Cause I didn't have teachers who believed in me. So like, that's like, no, I'll be that teacher who helps you believe in yourself. Um, you know, but it's hard to get to our purpose with our students. So in those challenging times um, and maybe where you're frustrated, how do you get reconnected and, and get focused back on like, this is why I'm here. This is what I do, why I do what I do. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. 
you want to go first this time? <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a loaded question. Oh, honestly, I think it's just reminding myself why I'm here. And I think when you do have those light bulb moments or you do finally build that connection with students, I think that's when you really feel it. Um, so I work um, in kindergarten, so my children are only, well, my students are only four and five years old, so they're, you know, very, very much the beginning of their education, and um, so for them, everything's new, the glue stick is new, the markers are new, <laughs> you know, everything is a learning experience, and then, um, and then at the moment, what I found really interesting is these small children have had two years of lockdown, so they've been out of daycare, out of the preschool setting. So there's a lot of those skills where they are behind because they haven't had that exposure to playing on the street with the neighbours and, you know, building those friendships and connections and all those life skills. So we're teaching a lot of that at the moment. And, um, and so it's a very different set of skills we're using at the moment to be able to work with our children. And there is a lot of trauma and, um, yeah, a lot of social connections that need to be made. Mm. Uh, a lot of social norms that aren't very norm and we're a, working really hard it's a, it's a changing demographic because, because of the past um, couple of years the interesting two years because of that it's yeah. just what what was a social norm and what was um socially accepted mm. is just completely different yeah. now yeah. yeah but just uh, remembering my why is I firmly believe, you know, no one left behind. Um, I, you spoke about challenging curriculum. So my biggest challenge would have been um, at a previous school, uh, the way that the curriculum was implemented, I didn't find really effective. And I found that to be my biggest challenge because morally and ethically, I was really in a bind. So yeah, that was probably my hardest part was who am I doing the right thing by, by my students, by the school, by myself, because whatever choices I make, I need to live with at the same time. Right. So that's what I found really, really tricky um, to navigate. But at the end of the day, I had to do the best for my students. Those are the, those are the people who are going to benefit the greatest from effective teaching and um yeah, so that's that's the angle that I end up choosing, right or wrong. I'm not sure, but my I, I my feel like part. a lot of us end up on that rogue path when we start really like navigating our own teaching consciences because that's a big part. Like we have a big weight on our shoulders with our responsibilities with the kids we serve because that's literally the future. And you know, right. it's not like we go home and like we get to leave everything. Like we bring our thoughts yeah. with us and like you know they're with us um but yeah I and I like I said I think that's where a lot of us go rogue is because we know you know what I know is best for you and your kid mm -hmm. is not going to be what you say that I should do but I Absolutely. have to do what's right by the kid yeah I think, I think there's always a point in every teacher's career whether it's early mid late where you kind of sit there and go I've been told that I need to do x y and z mm -hmm. but x y and z is not hitting where my students need to be. So before I do X, Y, and Z, I might get there, mm -hmm. but I, I need to scaffold and get through mm -hmm. A to Y before I can, or A to Z before I can get to where they want me to be and start at, at the point that's gonna benefit. Yeah, because mm -hmm. like, it's just mental. Well, how about you, Luke? Like, what's your, like, how do you connect on those like challenging times? Well, um, I mean, I, I, I like to build my network, to be honest. Um, last year, Elle was a huge, huge part of, of my network. And when I had a day where I'm just like, am, am I doing the right thing? Am I getting in there? I had, I, I'd go and I'd talk to Elle or I'd go and talk to a couple of other colleagues and I guess really just debrief. And then once I've had that debrief, and had time to go through and reset myself. I'm like, you know what? I had a crap day. It was hard, but I'm, I'm ready to go, go again. And one of the things I think um, I've always grown up with a mentality, like my parents have always put into it, is that you, you've got to say yes to opportunities. Yes. And so um, I, I, I guess part of my philosophy, and I think that's something that's really, really helps is we get pushed very hard with having a teaching philosophy here. 
um, and reflecting on that and being very reflective in, you know, and one of the things I think of is that I never want to stop moving. Like if I expect my kids to progress and that, and not them not to be stagnant, then I need to not stagnate myself and make sure that I bring them, them along. So for me, it's trying to make sure that I'm engaging my students sometimes is about, you know, stopping and thinking. And I feel like I'm about to repeat everything else just said. <laughs> and I'm trying, I'm trying to rephrase it in my brain in a different way, but she encapsulated it so beautifully there about making sure that, you know, you've got your, your kids in the room that really are the heart of the reason why we're there. And as much you're making a difference. as much as I have so much respect for for um, the administration staff for, for assistant principals like um, Ellie's this year and for deputies and principals and um, you know our then directors and all the people throughout the, the chain but the people that know those students the best are the classroom the classroom teachers and I think that everything when we're told that we have to do something we need to take with a grain of salt in thinking all right so I need to get there but yeah I really need to make sure that I'm doing right by my students to get them where they need to be yeah I love that and like another I'm, piece I'm, that you said that was really really awesome is the fact that you refuse to stay stagnant you're mm -hmm. always growing because that's what we expect of our children and so you mm -hmm. model that for your students and I always say in mine, like with my administrators and stuff, it's like, I never want to stop growing because when I stop learning and I stop growing and I stop challenging myself, like really what's the point of being alive at that point? Because, yeah. Yeah, you know, we tell, we yeah. tell students all the time that, you know, education is a journey and that we're lifelong learners. Mm -hmm. And if we're just going to say that, mm -hmm. then we may as well be in marketing. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. Because, Here, I'm going to you know, tell you one thing, but do a complete other thing. Like it's, just yeah. a, it's a catchphrase, yeah. and I mean, I guess you know that that's probably something else I really love about education and what pushes me. And I mean, I I say this here. I am going off on a tangent, um, but the fact that in education we have the ability to do so many different roles, like we have, like marketing our our um, syllabus and lessons <laughs> our content. to our kids <laughs> to make sure that it, it, it's getting in and then going through and getting to be the person that sits there and gets to rough and tumble with the kids and have a bit of fun mm -hmm. and then going out and I mean I'm I'm one of those teachers on duty we've got equipment um, and all the kids come up and tell me that I need to get off because I'm an adult <laughs> and so getting out and, and doing that like being a teacher I think sometimes we forget that it's fun um, yeah. as much like we get snowed under in paperwork. We get snowed under with so many other um, external pressures or third party pressures um, that sometimes we forget that, you know, it, it's well, primary setting, maybe not so much in the high school. It's fun to go and jump on the equipment and sit there and just play and be a bit of a, a Clown. Clown. I was going to say a dingle <laughs> but, bat, but I mean, I, I thought maybe the slang. But I think um, our students really, really enjoyed. I know last year when um, Luke and I, we we uh, team teach quite often. Yeah. And we would have a laugh. And, you know, if I didn't know something, I would throw it to him and he would bail me out of whatever. And know, likewise. Out of my mouth. And, yeah, we used to have a lot of fun. And, and about making the children fully aware that, like my classroom is always open. So teachers are always coming in to watch, teach me something or I'm teaching them and, you know, keeping our students informed that I'm forever learning. So they know right. that I'm going off for a professional learning day and I say, I'm going off to my classroom today. And mm. I think they really value the fact that we know that we don't know everything and we're, you know, always learning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It makes it safe for them to keep learning too. Yeah. It's, it's that I, I love, absolutely love the opportunity to go into another teacher's classroom yes. yeah um, and do that kind of stuff or um again in some positions that I've had I've been fortunate enough where I've got to be the person that goes in and team teaches and half the time that I'm mm -hmm. going in and I'm supposed to be showing something else I'll, I'll I'll show them what I have to do and all that kind of stuff but a lot of the time I just sit there in awe and just watch the teacher go and do their yeah. thing their craft mm -hmm. and I'll just go another like, world like yeah okay <laughs> I'm gonna try that in my classroom mm -hmm. right See if that works. and and that's the other thing is like sometimes you'll find something that works and it will be beautiful for one cohort. And then you'll be like, that is the best thing that's, I'm going to do that every single, next year you get another cohort and you're like, this is not working. <laughs> exactly. 
this is the worst thing ever. <laughs> and like, I think that's the beautiful part about teaching too, is like, it's one big experimental process and, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. the kids <laughs> change, like you say, year to year, or even and in secondary, I have uh, class uh, period to class period. Way. Like I have yeah. six different groups a day and it's like, well, what works for you guys is totally mm -hmm. not going to work for my next class. And it's like whole different dynamics that it's like, you know, and I love that. And then I also like you mentioned the piece about like, you know, you're an adult who still has a childlike heart, you know, you go and play on the playground <laughs> equipment. And I think that's awesome. And the kids like to see that, you know, yeah, I'm still a kid. Like they say that with me. They're like, you play video games, miss? Yeah. And trade <laughs> card games. And I watch movies. Like I do everything you do. Yes. Like I never grew up. It's okay. Build that relationship with the students as well, though. Like the mm -hmm. fact that, you know, then when they see me up on the equipment, one, they know if I'm on duty, where I am, if they need me. Right. <laughs> But the second thing is like when you're on there, the, the conversation changes, like, especially like I'm over six foot and my students are like half my size. So <laughs> when I'm on the ground with them and I'm talking to them, there's a different demeanor and a different dimension mm -hmm. to when I'm on a play, the play equipment with them and I'm on the first level and they're up on the second level, they're actually taller than me and talking down to me. Right. And it just kind of changes that kind of exactly. interpretation of what they see and how they view us and builds that that relationship. So a lot of my students are willing to to come up and be like, you know, I'm I i do not get this. And sometimes like, you know, mm -hmm. you'll have a, a fall or, or you'll stumble or lose a bit of balance on the equipment. And the kids see that and they can see that, you know, everyone's gonna do it. Too. Yeah. And it, and that just brings up a whole nother realm. And I yeah. yeah. Teaching, teaching. And I think that leads straight into building those safe communication spaces yeah. where you can, you know, work with your children who are really, you know, trauma locked or really have, um, you know, those barriers up that you can break down and start getting to know them mm -hmm. on a different level. Yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah, no, they're amazing. And all their stories being so different and those connections, been, like they're they're beautiful and some are tough like some are tough to make but worth it like they're all worth it awesome you know, the kids that are harder to crack are usually the the biggest most cuddliest kids on the inside that are just full of love they really are yeah, yeah exactly mm. yes okay you you're set for their entire schooling career yes once you've <laughs> cracked crack that code oh, and they yeah. open up and tell you about anything whether it is video games or you know, playing football on the weekend or, you know, once I start opening up like that, yeah. It's, you've got then them. Then you got them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. No, I love it. I love it. Those are the best. Those are the best moments ever. All right. So what advice would you guys give to like other teachers? Because I know we talked before we started recording about some of like our challenges and differences in, you know, American education and y'all's Australian education system and like we all have challenges regardless of where we're teaching so what advice would you give to the teachers who like because I know at least where I'm at huge teacher shortage not enough people to go around you know we're seeing a lot of those challenges we're seeing a lot of teachers quit and just like I'm done um, so what advice do you give to teachers who are just having a little bit of a struggle right now I think my advice would be, um, like we spoke about a little bit earlier about the challenge of curriculum versus effective teaching, my advice would be listen to your instincts, go with your gut, um, but be open to try everything. So be open to try different techniques, whether it's relationship building or teaching the curriculum. Um, be really open up um, and do research, open to other teachers, build a network around you. I think you really need that support network. And I think last year during lockdown and I'm looking at the roof <laughs> and I think I'm stole my But building that network around you. Last year we used to debrief a lot uh, oh, yeah. at the end of every day because not only are we, you know, going through lockdown and then those challenges of trying to get our students to meet the outcomes, but those children are dealing with a whole other, you know, world at home with 
you know, unemployment and domestic violence and, and all of those things were at its highest peak last year, yeah. um, continuing into this year. But, you know, for us to be able to work together and bounce off each other and stay strong. Um, but, yeah, those children who are the hardest to crack will be your biggest will be your biggest achievement because they're the ones that really need you. They're the ones that need the cuddle and the encouragement. So my, yeah, so the ones who are your hardest, I think work hard at them. And once you've got them, um, once you've got, sorry, Luke. No, you're right. Yeah, once you've got them, <laughs> your days are fun. They're probably my most fun kids that you can have a laugh with and they make your life easier. Then you can get on with the teaching part of it <laughs> once you've built that. Yeah, my, I, the the face I pulled before, uh, which Elle's <laughs> referring to, is because networking is really yeah. such a mammoth thing, especially mm -hmm. in our industry. Like, um, you start to get to know each other and get to know people, and and each network is different. Even like, so we're in the New South Wales system, um, and the network I came from in Sydney is different to the network that I had in Newcastle, which is different to the network I'm currently in in Musselbrook. And um, so networking and getting to know, because even though we're like, we're an hour away from each other, the context in our schools and the cultural significance, like here with our First Nations people as well, mm -hmm. they're, they're so set, they're, they're very similar, but at the same time, they're so different and getting to know the context and the culture of mm. just the area that you're in. Mm. Um, and having that professional network can really build with, with it. Um, I guess one of the things that, well, there's two things. So um, one of the things, because I'm in a beginning teacher network where I, I'm doing some mentoring and, and helping some of them out. And one of the things I, I find with beginning teachers is they get, whilst they're making that network, they get so fixated on seeing all the Instagram and how, amazing some classrooms are and the first thing I say mm. is come into my classroom and, and, mm. and look at how boring my walls are um, because they get so worried that you know they have don't they don't have mm. all the resources up and make them mm. with your class yeah. put it up as you go get the kids mm -hmm. to put it up don't don't take it all so I think sometimes um, especially with the the early career and beginning teachers they sit there and they're so scared that they're not meeting the needs of their kids that they put them so much pressure and stress and they burn out so much faster right. because they're, they're so worried that they, there's more to do. And I keep, mm. as you could ask any teacher, there's always more you can do, mm. but then there's a question of where do you stop? Mm -hmm. So I think really just turning around and making sure that you're looking for your own well-being and your own health, because if, if you're not healthy yourself in your well-being, then how are you going to help those students be healthy exactly. in their well-being? Mm. Um, and I guess that would lead into the other point is one of the things, and I was a sucker for this when I was, um, <clears throat> sorry, in my um, beginning teacher time. Sorry, when I say beginning teacher, I'm talking about the first two, two to three years of your career. Um, so during the beginning teacher time, I would take, work home I would be working weekends I'd be working night times um, I'd be staying up until 1 2 a.m and then I'd be waking up at 5 6 a.m and it's just not sustainable and something that I think was really really good um, that I I learned is that you need to have a time so I, I go into work early and I come home after my contracted hours but when I come home I try to switch off and just have time for me and looking after what I do and making sure that my family's right um, and whatnot because there's nothing I, I think one of the things that would get me the worst and my my awakening was when my eldest son he was um, two at the time he told me that he'll see me after after the weekend um, just before I go back to work because I was working so much wow. and I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to look after these own kids, but then I was kind of starting to get to the point where even my son was going, oh, yeah, yeah, you've got to work, no worries, we'll talk later, rather than going, let's go play. So really making sure that you look after yourself, build the network, but don't hold yourself to the same expectation mm -hmm. as everyone else, especially if you're going, if you're an early career or a mid-career teacher and you're looking at someone who does a brilliant, fantastic amazing job and they're later on they've got those extra years of experience mm. they've got something there that that they're able to do that or other commitments where they're able to to vary it 
um, just don't put pressure on yourself. Mm -hmm. Some of the best lessons that you teach the kids are the ones that come naturally and organically. I was going to say, uh, yeah, be authentic. Yeah, just, yeah, teach. Find your own style. Teach your own style. Put your own um, spin spin on on it. Exactly. we had the same That's same cool. lesson plans a lot of the time mm-hmm. um, We because one of the schools we were at, they were very big on, on that consistency. But then when you walked into the classroom of any of the year three teachers, it was like a whole different kind of flavor. Mm-hmm. It still had the same content, but, you know, to put it in a cooking term, like I had some oregano in there. Um, Elle had some chili in there. Spice. Um, Sean had some cinnamon in there. Yeah. Just had some turmeric in there. But so it, it was all the same, but yeah. it, it really and we had and it, fun. And it catered yeah. for our kids. And then yeah. uh, when we got to team teach with the four of us, it was yeah. like a big old fiesta. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's important because like no teacher is the same, you know, and our kids aren't the same. And we have to honor, you know, our differences and value our differences. And that was like one of the hardest things. And I mentioned I'm a year 14, um, but it took me nine years because I think for the first nine years of my career, like I so wish I could go back and do it again because I spent that time trying to be whoever they, they wanted me to be. And it was horrible because I'm not, I'm like not a type A organized teacher. I'm like, I'm not even type B. I'm like type something but it's not a or b (laughs) and i like have this chaos and it works for me and i it it works for my kids and then i have you know the nerdiness and never grew up side of me that you know like i'm just a big kid and that works with me and my students so trying to be this organized like look at me i'm this adult like oh it was horrible and so like somewhere around year 10 like when i was just like this is just not working i'm gonna be myself like all yeah. the veteran teachers who were there were like, that's when you changed, like when you decided to be yourself. And then also, I I, go ahead. The awesome, that's, sorry, that's the awesome part about having that network as well, because we all teach differently. And then when we get together, we all learn so much. Like if we were all teaching the exact same way and had prescripted lesson mm-hmm. plans and exact like a mm-hmm. script to teach from, I, I think that would really diminish the education mm-hmm. industry and mm-hmm. and what we do as educators to progress. And I mean, like Elle and I, as we mentioned, we're like yin and yang um, in the way that we organize ourselves, in the way that we teach, in the way that we um, prefer particular KLAs over mm-hmm. others. But then having each other in the in our networks. When I when I get stuck and I mean when I was teaching phonics there was one day where I was sitting there we used um, a particular a program and I was like no I I disagree with this this is not right hold on <laughs> and in front of the kids I'm like I'm gonna call Miss Ritter she's the expert on this and I'd call her up and have that conversation going am I missing something please tell me there's something wrong with this program because I have taught this for so long and she's like no no and just even having that confidence right. boost behind we're going no no that's right i i disagree with the program there as well or afterwards i'd be like okay if if i did teach it incorrectly i'd be like all right then i'm going to come up and we're going to knock this out and and make sure that i'm getting this content correct so yeah. the fact that we're all different and have different strengths and different areas of of growth um I think that really enhances the classroom and the classroom culture and in the, the school community and edu- education definitely community as a as a whole like i'm not going to sit there and say i'm i'm a fantastic mm-hmm. english person mm-hmm. um but i know that i can teach english and whenever i need something if mm-hmm. i'm not sure i've got people in my network where i exactly. can exactly like, what have you mm-hmm. got have you got any lessons around this how would you best implement this into a classroom with this many students with this yes. kind of personality and how would you engage and have those real deep conversations with it so that that networking comes back in into that as well and you know having your your own style as you were saying it's so important and once i think once you let go and just like let's see what happens when i yeah that's when your lessons kind of go so the dynamics change yeah Yeah. i know very early in my career uh being observed when you're being observed yeah and you are talking differently to the children and the children respond differently and it's just not authentic and you you don't seem to hit the mark depending on who you are yourself who observes me like if i've got a colleague coming into an observation that's fine 
if I've got a supervisor coming in, like two days before, I'm like talking to the kids and going like, so this is how you need to put your hand up. And like, I, I'm not a full hands up teacher. Like if a kid wants to say something, if I'm talking, then yeah. But otherwise, let's build this discussion and bounce off each other. And when yeah. a supervisor was coming in, I'd be like, no one's allowed to do that. So <laughs> yeah, I think we will prep them before. Like, <laughs> I, I actually did that this year because I had like a certain dynamic with my kids. Like, I'm very casual and, you know, like it works. It works with them. We get everything done that we need it's just like well this is not what you want to see when you walk in okay let's like okay kids this is what they want to see so this is what we'll do <laughs> like and, and the energy changes yeah like i mean i think we've, we've all done it so like that's funny and, oh, yeah. and it's true like the difference is it's hilarious at times like yeah okay so I did that yeah. in for, like as we mentioned, yeah. we, we have to go through our accreditation. And I remember this particular one. I love my supervisor. She was brilliant, always helpful. But I knew that it was for my accreditation, so that it had to be absolute schmick. And she knew my teaching style, having been in my classroom before and all that. And even the way that I set my room up, because I had a year six class, there was just booths around the room. And the kids sat there, and it was more like a cafe style conversation that would have but for this particular one um I was just like okay we're gonna do this properly we're gonna listen to each other we're, we're mm. gonna wait for me to call mm. your name out and mm. all that kind of stuff yeah. and um the supervisor, knew, the supervisor knew me so well and she's like gotten about 20 minutes into it and so she's just turned around and went so are they gonna have a proper discussion like you normally would mm. and I'm just like uh, okay um <laughs> let's just do this normally guys and it went so much better where yeah. yeah I mean I remember I had a one particular um observation and it just I tried to make sure that I was hitting things and the my supervisor was running late so I tried to draw things out yeah right the, just so that yeah. they could see that 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 yes. teaching point no you need to see do. this yeah. part right now because that's what they wanted and right. oh, the Meanwhile, lesson the yeah. lesson went to yeah. shambles just yeah. Yeah, my, my that's what i did yeah. that's what i did i'm just like i'm collapsing this we're doing it again yeah she yeah. she told me the other day she just literally had her formal observation and uh she's like man she only stayed for 20 minutes and she missed this part and i'm like okay yeah it happens nice reverse part <laughs> right yeah so it happens I totally get it and um I also want to say Luke I wanted to point out you said something amazing that I again like I wish that I had that knowledge when I was younger in my teaching years but the whole like setting the boundaries for yourself you know because it's very easy to just like never stop teaching ever um, five minutes more this, five minutes more that. Next you're thing right. It's like, and and we really do. We bring it home. And like, one of the best things that I ever did was like, okay, I am going to either go to school early or stay late, but this is my time. And like, I think in the last couple of years, I've gotten really, really good about like, no, when it's going to be a break. Even if I take my books home, like, I'm like, no, I'm not going to open them. I'm going to spend time with my family, like, and I'm going to be there. And it really does make a world of difference. And then I, I have to, like, at first it was really weird. And I was like, but I have to remind myself, like, there is always going to be a tomorrow. Like, if we yeah. do not finish yeah. something today, it's not the end of the world. We can do it mm -hmm. tomorrow, you know? And I know on paper, it doesn't look perfect, but it will get done, you know? Yeah. And having that ability to breathe helps but it's also really 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 hard especially in your beginning years so i i appreciate that you said that and again it took me way too long to figure that out but now as a year 14 it's so much more relaxed than i was at a year nine when i hadn't figured that out and like it's true we do it we like we're so self-sacrificing i guess i don't know a better way to say it but like we're horrible to ourselves and like having that time to just like take care of us so that we can be yeah. there for the kids. Like it's important. So I love that you said that. Awesome. Okay. Well, we're going to like wrap things up in a minute. I wanted to know if y'all had any like last like pressing things that you'd like to say before we give our shout outs. Cricket <laughs> space. I love it. 
Yeah, look, um, the, I usually just end up if I if something's said, I'll I'll say it as it goes. So I, I, I think I've said I've said a lot during this. Yeah. Um, but you know, I don't think there's anything really that's pressing. I didn't want to skip over anything, and like I said, I love that y'all are taking this time, and like it's super exciting. So like I love all of this conversation, and like did I miss anything? Because I'm just like sitting back and enjoying the conversation, like so. Yeah, no, but if like we don't have anything else that like we want to say or like was forgotten because I would totally spaz and forget something um, just again and enjoying the conversation, then I would like to give you all a chance to like shout out somebody who's been like really amazing and helping become the educator that you are uh, now and who's just been like that person for you. But there, there are so, so many, like every every single person that I've ever worked with, I've learned something from whether, you know, even, even teachers I haven't gotten along with, like there's very few that I haven't been able to, to get along with, but even from teachers that I haven't gotten along with, I've, I've learned things, whether or not how to better manage um, my, the way that I, I manage things like and handle um, situations um, I think every single person I've ever worked with has really helped me mm. to develop my confidence and my ability to, to, to teach to the degree in which, which I, I do. And I really hope that I'm doing it for the benefit of, of my students. Um, and even when I think about like teachers or educators that, that have been the biggest influence, I'm still like, I, mm. it's really hard to, to narrow it down to one, like, um, I don't know. I guess one of one of the people that uh, there's, there's so many. Um, one of the people that I'd probably say my one of my very first um, early on principals. He um, saw something in me, and when I decided, like I'd come up with these silly ideas, um, and he'd just turn around and be like, you know what? Let's let's trial it. Let's give it a go, and if it falls flat on its face, we'll just move on and and forget about it and if it works then awesome that's going to be fantastic for the students but anytime that I had an idea or I wanted to give something a go he really was was able to say yes and and let me have a bit of rain and I think that that kind of let me progress in my career a lot faster rather than being told no that won't work yeah. or you can't do it that way um or that's not how we teach that. So, I mean, not saying everything I did work, there were some times where, you know, as teachers, we go back, we reflect and go, how can I not screw that up next time? <laughs> right. um, but yeah, so my, my principal, he's uh, Andrew Williamson. He was really, really supportive in terms of letting me be me and learn my teaching style and learn like the tools of the trade um, and being supportive in in that he he was phenomenal as a principal and still to this day i every now and then um get to have a, a chat with him for for different reasons and he's just someone that like as i mentioned to you before in that little chat pre the recording if he was to, to give me a call i would give him the time of day at any right. any point just because the amount of respect i have for him um what he's done what he's built with with the schools that he's been in and and what he what he does and he's true meaning like he's not in there for for glory he's not in there for the self-gratification so long as you went to him with the students at the forefront of your mind he was willing to listen to have a go if you were there going for any other reason he would then turn around and be like I want you to rethink about it and come back to me with it but if your students were the reason that you were wanting to do something or the reason that you had an idea he was on board so long as students came first nice that's awesome yeah how about you l uh i'm very very similar um at the moment i have moved into a leadership position so i'm navigating my leadership style um managing a team um, and i'm really enjoying it but there's a lot of um that you start developing and really looking into at the moment. And so when I thought about, um, you know, who would I shout out to, it probably would be my first supervisor because she she let me, yeah, have my big ideas and, and have fun and 
um, you know, try different things and register for every team and mm-hmm. <laughs> pull out of him down to, you know, to coordinate all sorts of different school activities. And then in my classroom, when I had all these really fun, exciting um, lessons planned, and we did that last year, you know, all of a sudden we had the whole of year three in my classroom. Doing stuff, yeah. Oh, that was <laughs> That's fantastic. what we do. You know, so when I do, when I do have all these wild ideas, um, what I loved was she would gently say, okay, so, you know, what is your um, success criteria? What are we learning? And she really helped me hone it down, but she did it in the most gentle way, and I really appreciate that. And so having... Um, um like university students and supervising those students in their learning and now having beginner teachers um, on my stage that I'm supervising I love that I can recall how she made me feel by letting me have my own creativity and flair and excitement um, but also you know thinking about okay well what are we actually learning today? Where are the children going to right. uh, allow me to get there on my own? So really um, gentle leadership is what I really appreciate from her. Yeah, but it's, it's difficult to choose one person because mm. Luke taught me a lot of tips. I was going to say, you, <laughs> you were in my top five, don't worry. saved me. <laughs> lockdown and he taught me a lot of things and actually we're here after this um, getting ready to take it back to my school and, and teach other teachers um, but there's so many teachers that you you do you get little bits from everyone and sometimes you make it your own or sometimes you just steal whatever fabulous idea or, right. or how to teach something so it's really difficult. It goes back to that networking yeah. thing as well because I honestly believe that every person you meet you can learn something Absolutely. from. Absolutely. Exactly. Whether it's a positive idea, maybe it's something yeah. not to do or maybe it's something yeah. to yeah. do. So, exactly. I mean, there's a learning, learning opportunity. I don't mean that's me trying to forever be progressing, but there's yeah. always something that you can learn. There's always a great opportunity in every relationship you build, in every connection that you have, in every every person that you talk mm. to that can, can build through it. And one of, mm. I mean, one of my favorite things, and this comes back, um, I during the beginning of COVID, I had this fantastic idea to, to do an international program and it was a speech where I ended up getting some high pro profile as in like as much as you can with not having any um, influence at all in the world Um, but some business high profile business people to come in and we did speeches and whatnot and my principal was like if you can get people to do that I will let you do that and like um, that network from having the the range and the ability of having the flexibility from a leader that was on board with doing mm. it. And then using the network that I had built, I was able to have kids get real life experiences and build something even greater. Um, yeah, it was just, it's fantastic to, to be able to, mm. to use networks to further what you do. Mm. Exactly. Place to try something yeah. new. Yeah. Awesome. And then how can our listeners get in touch with you if they would like to get in touch with you? Um, so everything professionally is um, for me is on Twitter. So I'm at the drain on education. Um, and yeah, you can direct message me or tweet me or I don't really mind. Um, but that's me. Yeah, and I'm on Twitter as well. So at L Ritter um, on Twitter is where you can find me. Yeah, it'd yeah. be great to connect um, even with like Jacob Christian or, you know, other people who, you know, never stop learning. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Like this has been awesome. Like, and I've never talked to anyone internationally. So that's exciting to like finally that's get to connect problem. in person. <laughs> you know, on video call, like that's been so exciting. And thank you for sharing your experiences and your heart for education. And I've learned a lot and I like getting connected with hearing primary educators as well, because that's always fun. Um, So this was exciting and I appreciate you. Reaching out to us. Yeah, no, I was so excited. And then it's like, oh, Australia, that's even better. (laughs) I'm like, I don't think I realized that until you're like, I am in Australia and it's like, oh, that's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) my like my brain like 
just thinks weird, but yeah, no, it makes sense. And I love it. I was so excited and this is awesome. And I do hope our listeners get connected with you because both of you, like professionally, I wanted to reach out because y'all do have such a great outlook on, you know, your viewpoints in education and getting connected with other educators and always growing. Like that's the type of educator I long to be and continue to try to be and want to connect with. And you have such that great attitude as well. So that's, you know, always the best because it's easy to be negative. It's like hard to stay positive and like, what can we do to grow? And um, I really appreciate getting to connect with you guys because y'all live that and you show that on your social media as well. So thank you so much. And I hope y'all have an amazing rest of your day in Australia and like, I hope you have a good sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Because it's like <laughs> after midnight here. So yeah. But I I appreciate the like it it seriously was totally worth it. Like because I learned a lot and it was very fun hearing about education in Australia because I am in my small little bubble here in Texas. So like it was very it was informative and fun and like super great to just connect with um both of y'all. Y'all are y'all are awesome and you make a great team. And and like that networking between y'all is just amazing. So what a great time this interview was. And like, I wish you the best for the rest of y'all's year because y'all are not toward the end of your year, right? <laughs> We're a quarter <laughs> through, one quarter. Yeah. So I wish you the best. And like, I hope your year goes great as ours is slowly coming to an end. So I hope your holiday, holidays come, come quick. Yes. <laughs> about a month another month (laughs) so (laughs) well y'all have a very wonderful time and thank you again for being on this episode of our heart for teaching i really appreciate you no worries thanks for having us thanks christy see you yes You have been listening to Our Heart for Teaching, where we explore our purpose and our why in the field of education. If you would like more information or to share your own purpose in education, be sure to connect with me on Twitter at A Heart for Teaching. I look forward to hearing from you soon, and please tune in to the next episode of Our Heart for Teaching.